Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the city of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. As we travel through the lectionary, things continue to get darker and darker because before the resurrection, there was death, and before, the, before death, there was his arrest. On the, and we'll talk about that Good Friday. That's what we do on Good Friday. Next week is Palm Sunday. So we're kind of working our way towards Jerusalem. And I love the scripture passage that Briley read during worship out of John. And that was the story of Jesus at dinner. And a woman came and anointed his feet with the most expensive oil. It was worth a year's wages, they believed. It was a lot of money. And the only reason why Judas cared about that is because he wanted to pocket some for himself. One of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of the ones that were closest with him, that had traveled with him for a few years, had seen him teach, had seen him do miracles, and still his heart was turned away from the Lord. And it was just an example of the need for his sacrifice, why he came to this earth. And so I just see as we travel through the Lenten calendar, things just are getting darker. We started off on Ash Wednesday being reminded of our need for repentance. And then when I gave the message a couple weeks ago, we talked about Moses, and we talked about his need for redemption, but how God had purpose for him. And what I love about that passage and that I want to bring up again today is Exodus 3.14, when God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God reveals his name to Moses. His name is I am. And in the Hebrew language, that's Yahweh. And what I love is that today, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there with me to Isaiah 43. We're going to be reading 16 through 21. And the reason why I mention that is because Isaiah's name means Yahweh saves. I love that so much because between Moses' story and the book of Isaiah, God's people have had a lot of ups and downs. God's chosen People, his chosen nation, the ones who have seen his mighty works, who have experienced the presence of the Lord, they have understood what it means to truly have a powerful God. And yet, from Moses to this book in Isaiah, they have traveled and they have travailed and they have had so many stumbling blocks and they have had great successes and they have been in power and then they have had great falls where they have landed in exile. And yet, Yahweh saves. He sends Isaiah this message. And the whole book of Isaiah, there's 66 chapters. It is an amazing, epic book. If you are looking for a book in the Old Testament to jump into, Isaiah is amazing. And it's a whole book about judgment that is coming, but also about hope that is coming. And that is what we are really reflecting on during Lent. Yes, we have this need for repentance, but there is this hope 
that is coming. And so I want to read to you out of Isaiah chapter 43. I love this chapter so much. Um, And we're going to just jump in starting at verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I love this scripture so much, and I told Brenton that this is one of my favorites, that God is doing something new, right? It just gives us so much hope. And I was reminded of this scripture, actually, on Friday night. Uh, Jason and I and one of our kids, Joey, we went to a concert on Friday night, and it was so fun. It was a concert. The headlining, I didn't know the first three bands, um, but the headlining band is a band that I used to rock out to when I was a teenager. So I'm totally aging myself. Um, But this band, they're amazing. And they still are touring after 30 years, you guys, 30 years. Maybe they'll be the next Rolling Stones. I don't know. But they're pretty awesome, even still in concert. And we ended up uh, standing in the, that room for five hours. Doors opened at 6.30, and this band did not hit the stage until almost 9.45. And can I just tell you, I'm too old for that, okay? <laughs> that was a lot of standing. I had to wear my tennies because my back still hurts from just being on the concrete. I told Jason, you know, I feel like we're old enough that we can probably get the upgraded tickets that have chairs this time. So just to consider, you know, um, he was really... Like, he just jumped right in. He wasn't in the mosh pit, but he was, like, behind the guy that was the boarder, you know? There's always that one guy that just kind of stands there like this, and, you know, he's protecting everybody. So Jason was, like, down there, but not me. I'm too short. I can't see over everybody's heads, and I'm not about to get in the front row. So I stood off to the side where there was a railing I could lean on, and I just felt every year of my age was just on display. I'm like, this is, I'm not about this life. But as soon as this band came on stage, I was just reinvigorated because not only did they play some of their new music, but they played the music that I got so excited about when I was in high school. And so it was just so much fun. But one of their songs is actually called Don't Look Back. And I was thinking as they're playing this song, which, you know, it's kind of fast. It's a punk band, okay? So they, you can't really understand all the words, but Don't Look Back is the title of the song. And so they repeat that refrain quite often throughout the song. And it just really reminded me of this scripture and how God is saying, he's saying, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. So often we love to look back. We love to reminisce. We love nostalgia. We love to just look at fond memories and think, oh, the good old days. Things were so great, weren't they? Things were so wonderful back then. Why can't they be like that today? 
Even the Israelites felt that way. When Moses took them out there into the desert, they, were, they had been enslaved in Egypt, and yet here they are traveling through the wilderness on their way to freedom, on their way to the promised land, and they just kept looking back and thinking, remember how good it was? Remember when we had all the fresh vegetables to eat and we had all the meat we could, you know, we could ever dream of and here we're just stuck with manna? And it's like, you, you were slaves. What? I don't, where's the disconnect here? But they just kept looking back and thinking how great things were when the truth was they were in slavery and they were on their way to freedom. They were passing through that wilderness. In fact, he even references it in 16 and 17. The Lord is the one who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. As the Israelites were running for their lives and the Egyptian soldiers were chasing after them, they had no way of escape. They came upon a sea that it was either turn around and get ambushed and die or drown. There was no way out until the Lord showed up and he parted the sea, creating a path of dry land down the middle. And as they're traveling across, of course, the Egyptian army is going to follow them. But as soon as the last man or woman or child stepped foot on the other side of the sea, all of that water returned, drowning the army that was chasing after them. God showed up in a mighty way that day, and he saved them. He made that army and their reinforcements lay there never to rise again. They were extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. The Israelites went on to do many things. They conquered lands. They finally eventually made it their way into that promised land. And yet they couldn't help but get ensnared again. They were constantly chasing after other gods. They were constantly figuring out how they can do what other cultures were doing, and maybe they could still also follow God. And so it was like they had one foot in, and the, but they also had one foot out, and they couldn't quite get lined up. And yet the Lord was faithful to them again and again. Every time they would find their way back into slavery, into bondage, or even into exile, the Lord would come and rescue them and pull them out again. And through all of that, they had been taught this is the right way to worship the Lord. This is the way that you can become purified again, that you can have your sins forgiven. And that was a gross and disgusting way, if I must say so myself. It involved a lot of blood sacrifices of animals. It involved a lot of traveling to the local, you know, the temple. There was a lot involved in this. And I remember when I was a young Christian, Driving to our church that Jason and I went to at the time, we passed by this huge Catholic church. And I just remember I was in a place in my faith where I just thought, why can't we just have a list of prescribed things that we could do? It would just seem so much easier if we just could check off things like off of a checklist and then go about our week. Like, we're free. We could go do whatever we want then go check off these things off of a list on Sunday, and then go back out there again on Monday and live our life knowing that we did what we needed to do, and now we can go and do this. And I remember sitting at that four-way stop sign, looking at this church and thinking, you know, all these thoughts. And the Lord just said, but is that really freedom? 
The Lord has created this new way. He has brought in this grand plan that allows us freedom to, we don't have to do these sacrifices anymore. We don't have to get our hands messy in the same way. We don't have to go to another person to have them absolve us of our sins. We can go before the Lord himself because of what Jesus has done for us. And yes, it's messy still. It's messy on the inside. We're not always perfect. We don't always get it right. But part of this new way, this new thing, this plan that God had for his people was that his presence would be with us always. We don't have to go to somebody else to do this for us. We can just simply go to the Lord, and we don't have to go far. He is right where we are. He did that for Moses. Do you remember when Moses was out in the desert and he just showed up in the form of a burning bush? Moses wasn't even searching for the Lord, and yet he showed up. He wants to offer us that same gift through this new plan. It's just knowing that he is able to show up and be in our lives. And what I think is really amazing is that part of this new plan wasn't just a plan to redeem the Israelites. It was a plan to redeem all of the nations. So that includes us too. Unless you are Jewish by, by birth, by lineage, you are not a part of the original Israelite chosen people. You are considered a Gentile. But God created a way that all of us can enter in and have access to his presence. This is what we remember and reflect on as we walk through the Lent season so that when we get to Easter, we truly understand the celebration. It's why we get so excited this time of year. It's, it's, so, it's even more exciting than Christmas, although you don't get as many gifts. But still, Christmas is so amazing because God came down to earth as a baby and this plan started but Easter is when we see him fulfill it. And the exciting thing is that he's not even done because there's still more to come. We have access to his presence now, but someday Jesus is going to return and he's going to call us to be with him. And I just think that's so awesome, and we sang about that today, about being able to have all eternity to sing praises to the Lord. That is just an amazing opportunity that I think we're, we just have that to look forward to. I could go on and on. I love the scripture specifically. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I want to encourage you, and I'm going to go ahead and call Briley up. I want to encourage you today because sometimes it's easy to think, well, this is just something that God had in mind for the world. It's, you know, for the Israelites, for a group of people. I'm not a part of that. I want to encourage you. God wanted this for you. And that is why I get so excited about this. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. If this is your first time or if this is your 500th time, it doesn't matter if you are new to the faith or if you are a fourth-generation Pentecostal preacher. 
It doesn't matter how long you have been coming to church, how many times you have messed up, how many times you have said, tomorrow's a new day, I'll start over again. It doesn't matter. Because at any time, God wants to do something new in you. And this offers me so much hope. Jason and I, we just spent the whole month of March celebrating our anniversary. And I'm sure people online were confused because it seemed like every other week I was posting something and everybody's like, happy anniversary again, you know? And it's like, I, I just couldn't stop talking about it because on March 13th, we celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary, which is probably not unusual for a lot of people. That seems like a normal thing, you know? But for me, that was not what I envisioned my future to be. My parents were never married to each other. My mom and dad were in high school when I was born. And my dad grew up and he went to the military and he started his life and he got married and it didn't work out. And then he got married again. I'm happy to report they're heading towards their 35th wedding anniversary. My mom, she had a bit of a struggle. Growing up, I had five stepdads. And there were many people in between those relationships. And I didn't even really know my dad, my father, until I was already in high school. So growing up, looking back at the generations, the same thing with my grandma. She was 16 when she had my mom. Her mom was very young when she gave birth to my grandma. I never envisioned that I would have this normal, traditional life because that wasn't what was modeled for me. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know that it was even possible. I just thought someday, who knows where I'll end up. But God wanted to do something new. He did something new in my life when I came to know him in high school and I committed my life to him. And after many ungodly relationships of my own, I finally met Jason. And we celebrated 23 years in March. 23 years having no pattern to model it after, not knowing what this would look like. My kids have grown up in a home with the same parents under the same roof. And I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your current circumstances are. But I can tell you however terrible it may be God wants to do a new thing in your life and that's why I find so much hope in these scriptures he says now it springs up do you not perceive it sometimes we're blind to the areas that God is doing work in our lives but he wants us to take notice of it because he's doing something new. 
Maybe he's working behind the scenes and that's why you don't see it. Maybe, maybe you're out in the wilderness right now. I heard a presentation last week about the wilderness and how it is a place of hardship, but it's also a place of development. As you read about wilderness experiences throughout Scripture, whether it was the Israelites wandering for 40 years or Jesus out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, being in the wilderness doesn't make you a bad person. God may be developing something in you. But he says right here in verse 20, I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He provides hope for you in ways that I'm sure are completely unexpected. The Israelites saw water come out of a rock. God wants to do a new thing in your life. And that's why I'm excited as we travel through this season because there are things that I have not done well, that I have not done right in my own life. But I trust that God can redeem those experiences, that he can turn those around and grow something in me that is new, that is full of life. And the beautiful thing is, he doesn't just do that for me because I'm a pastor, because I do this for him full time. He does that for everyone. And I want to leave you with this last verse. In the New Testament, we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is the secret. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. If you have Christ in you, you are already made new, even if you don't feel like it right now. And I just want to close. I want to pray over you. And I want to let you know that I'm available to pray with you one-on-one if you want. Brenton can pray with you. Any number of our team are willing to pray with you today. Or if you want to get together with coffee this week, you can let us know too. Sometimes these things happen in an instant moment. And sometimes these things need some conversations. But I want to pray over you today because if I can impart even just the tiniest glimmer of hope in you that God has gifted me, then today will have been a great day to come to church. Lord, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. Thank you for the work that you have done and that you are continuing to roll out in front of us. Lord, thank you that we get to be a part of your plan. I'm so grateful for what you have done in my own life. I'm so grateful that I am seeing some of that fruit come to bear.
Lord, I just pray over everyone here in this room or watching online that you will begin a new thing in their hearts today. Lord, show up to them in a tangible way so that they can feel your presence. Help us to be made clean again, Lord God. If there are areas in our lives that we have kept hidden from you, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help us to be able to gently expose our hearts in a way that you can come in and just clean out the goop and the gross stuff and make us new again. I pray for those who are sitting here thinking, she's not talking about me. She doesn't know what I've done. She doesn't know where I've been. She doesn't know what has gone on in my life. She doesn't know why I am the way that I am. Lord, I don't know, but you do. I just pray that that person understands how deep and how wide your love is for them. And I am so grateful that we get to travel through this season together. That no one has to do this alone. So Lord, as we close out today, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the work that you are doing in this church, in this community, and beyond. in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.